What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> my favorite movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie. Press next podcast. Hey yo, I'm Katie, and it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next podcast. PMP, PMP, hold it down, hold it down. Uh, this episode is powered by Panda Express <laughs> uh, because that's what we're eating for dinner. As we said, we don't have any like on paper sponsors, but we will say who powers this episode. Yeah, and, and today. It's DoorDash Monday because DoorDash guess what? Monday, baby. I didn't prepare. That's okay. I like a little Panda Expressy. You know, we don't DoorDash very often, but when we do, it's usually a Monday night. Monday night. DDM, that's what I call them. DoorDash Mondays. You know what I'm saying? Typically a Monday night when we're recording the pod. <laughs> uh, welcome back to everybody who has always been here, all of the Fourth Wall members. Thank you for listening. If you are brand new, what are you getting into? This is a podcast. It's a weekly film entertainment podcast dedicated to giving you a fix uh, in a way that sounds like you're sitting around talking to your friends, okay? So we talk about movies, TV shows, documentaries. We break them all down, give our reviews, but also talk about any type of applications that come out of them. Sometimes it's not, and the movie and TV show was just trash. Sometimes it was great, and we can talk for hours, so each episode is something different. You do not have to watch what we watch to get something out of what we're talking about. You feel me? You can also hit the pause button, if you don't want any spoilers, because today's episode, we will be talking about beef. So we'll get to beef. that here in a little bit. But first, you know, we always kind of open it up with what's happening in Hollywood. So I wanted to give you the scoop on what's going on. Okay. So if you are anybody who knows anything about entertainment, film entertainment. Or even really pop culture or at pop this culture. point. Yeah. yeah, at this point, for sure. Because it's Hollywood. You know that the writers are on strike. That's right. Do you know why they're on strike? Um, is it about royalties? Yes. Um, money? Yeah. So every like three years, I think there's like a, the the Writers Guild of America, they come together. There's like an East Wing Division, a West Coast Wing Division. They pretty much come together and discuss like, is there anything that we need to, you know, up? Just like any kind of union or association, whatever. Mm-hmm. But here's the issue. The big issue that they're settling on or trying to settle on or striking for, yes, is royalties. Okay. Because streaming is crazy. Yeah. The other thing, and this is a wild thing to me, is that they don't, they want to essentially not have AI be a part of the writing process. Mm, gotcha. Okay. And the studios are coming back like, nah. <laughs> like. So explain that a little bit. Oh, because, because we know that AI is becoming this huge thing and it's been in the works for a while. I feel uh, like, yeah, for sure. I feel like it just blew up kind, right. of, kind of out of nowhere almost. But, um, even my company sent out a like company, a firm wide alert about AI mm -hmm. and chat GPT. And they're like, Hey, you can use it, but use it at your discretion. Yes. Don't rely solely on it. Like definitely use it to your advantage. But when it comes to client work, make sure that you're checking, make sure that you're not putting any, you know, yeah, any, uh, confidential information in there, but we caught up real quick. Right. But we know that this is a, a tool that could help useful. you. Yeah. And you know what? I tried it the other day because I was like, what even is this? So I created an account and I said, cause if, if you didn't know, I'm a recruiter. So I put in there, um, can you make me a job description for this job? And basically, it was pretty on point. Yeah? Yeah. It had yeah, like, scary. It was pretty on point. It had like the, um, like the introductory paragraph, like this is what the job is. Mm -hmm. And then it had the quality, like the skills and and things and then it had like the education certifications needed all of this stuff and i was like and and it was structured exactly yes, like like, the, like a job be. description so i was is, like is it not scary wild. so i have been using it to formulate ideas for starting scripts so i have these here's my problem and i'm not like of course i'm not in the writers guild of america and this isn't my full-time profession but I have ideas that I can put in chat GPT or something else to say, write a short film script about this, that, and the third. And I can even go as far as saying, this, this is a, right. This is the characters I would like, all this other stuff. And yeah. it will formulate a script. And maybe the script isn't like 
that great, but there may be things that from that script I'm like, oh, I can take, I can, you know what I'm saying? I can yeah. take away this little part. Yeah. This can be like one act. You know what I'm saying? That uh-huh. I can take away this part and formulate it in my own way. And so they don't want that to happen. Why? Not because I think that AI can write a better movie. I don't think that can happen. Right. right? But you essentially are going to take away jobs. Right? Think yeah. about it. Writers rooms right now and the the um you have to have hired 10 writers. Like a writer's room is 10 writers. Really? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. There's already been issues when people try to make like mini rooms. Like when people get on these shows like the Duffer Brothers and Netflix and they're like, oh, we just want to write the shows ourselves. Yeah. The writers are like, eh, I feel you on that. But like what you're doing is just cutting people out of these jobs. Mm. And if one studio does it, everybody's going to uh, do, do it because it's a business, right? right? Every business is trying to find ways to cut corners and make the most money. Yeah. And not do stuff what we would say the right way. They're just trying to do it in a way to make money. So if one studio is saying, okay, we can get a person or chat GBT to write this script, then we can cut out 10 writers. We don't have to pay this AI. We can make our own AI. We can pay somebody who can make AI for us who will then make our scripts. And then we don't have to pay the 10 writers for this one thing. And if we're doing 20 plus um, projects, you can imagine how many writers are getting paid. Yeah. And not only do they get paid a flat fee up front, they get paid a fee Per their residuals. So anytime a an episode is pe- like played on a network, they get paid a fee. Okay. The issue is with streaming. Right. Because the way that they package up shows and stuff for streaming is not like episode by episode or, or uh, movie by movie. The streaming service will say, will license the movie from the, the studio. Okay. Right. And then they'll be real cagey with the numbers. They're not going to tell you, you know, how, like if you go on Spotify, if you put a song on Spotify, Spotify will tell you exactly how many streams it's gotten. Right. Netflix will not. Oh, I didn't know that. HBO will not. Right. They're only giving certain numbers to the studio, but they're, they're not actually saying today this was watched this many times. Interesting. Does that make sense? And they don't have to. There's no rules around it. Because hmm. you've already paid the fee for the license, Right. Basically, you're saying, okay, if I'm Netflix, I say, HBO, I really love this movie y'all have. I would, I would like to show it on Netflix. HBO says, you want to show it on Netflix, you got to give us $2 million. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. We'll give you $2 million for this amount of time. They're not asking for the numbers. If it did well or not, I already got paid. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But if it got on, let's say Netflix paid $2 million, but the writers... And everybody else, let's say it's a huge movie and it does really great on Netflix. It does wonderful numbers on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it actually earned Netflix more money because it had more streams that were over the worth of $2 million. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting paid that because they already paid the studio $2 million. Okay. So is that what they are? So it's kind of a dual thing? Like they're they're striking against... AI and the stream? Well, streaming, it's just really around payment, around the size of the writer's rooms and rules around that, around AI. There's a couple of things. Some things they don't necessarily need to strike around. You know, sometimes you get around and uh, you have a union and y'all meet and there's some things that you want and there's some things that you like, you settle on. Yeah. But when we're talking about money, we're talking about jobs. I was listening to Van Latham talk about um, how like Hollywood is like shut down. That means LA is shut down. Yeah. Like, nothing is happening in L.A. right now. Right. And I, I never really thought about it, like, how, how much the film industry is L.A. And if film industry is not moving, nothing is moving, which also means that the economy there is not moving. Mm-hmm. Because there's nobody who's doing valet for the people who's there. There's nobody going out to eat at these restaurants. There's nobody doing anything because they're not getting paid. Yeah, I, uh, I listened to that same episode, and I was like, dang, you're right. I'm like, and it's like a college town. Like they said that too, right? I was yeah, like, yeah. dang, I guess that makes the that makes the most sense. You know, you take out Well, if people aren't going into the studio, then people then people really aren't in town. Because if you think about LA, those people don't live in LA. No, none of them do. They come to LA, they film their stuff, and they get the hell out. Or they live like close to Malibu or right. you know, Calabasas, where they're not actually coming into LA. So I hope the writers get what they want. Um, I do think for writers like me, it's, there's an opportunity here, right? Like there's an opportunity for me to slide in and because nobody's working. 
<laughs> so hopefully I can slide some stuff to some people who may be like, hey, this is a passion project that I could take a chance on or something like that. So it could be opportunity for your boy or some small writers. Uh, but that's what's going on. That's super interesting. And I think that they should. Do you think that they are fighting for the streaming numbers? Do you think that's a thing? Because I think that that is something that I would want to fight for. sure. For. I think that has to be a part of it. Right. But then you have to like, figure out. I think out, there should be a base fee and then anything above that, we're getting royalties off of it, you know? For sure. Which is kind of what they already have, but not in the structure of streaming. But it's, that's just tough because then you can have people who are fudging string numbers. Right? Yeah. So that's probably the pushback for some of these companies. Yeah. Well, who's to say, but, and this is how I feel. This is me. If I watch Rush Hour 2 eight times back to back, Right, they probably gonna say, "Well, this person just is just doing this to try to run your numbers up." No, I just really love Rush Hour too, and I wanted to watch it eight times doing a Rush Hour marathon. Right, but you can't deny that there's going to be stream farms out there. Well, people do that on Spotify. They, exactly. So exactly, but the number is so low for the for Spotify. True. Here's the thing, y'all, and I don't want to go on like a capitalism rant. But here's the issue with capitalism. And I can break down every day why there's issues with capitalism and why it's not the greatest. We will never be to a point where people are satisfied with what they're getting paid. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it does not make sense for a business to pay you. If it makes sense for a business to cut a corner to get AI or a machine to do it, they will do it. Mm -hmm. They just want you to be a little bit happy so you stop complaining. That's it. Happy enough so you stop complaining. You'll never get paid what you're worth. Because it does not make sense as a business. I need to be able to trim where I'm losing money and gain where I'm making money. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be tough for them, but I still hope that they get what they do. Like, you know, I get a little bit of a piece of the pie. Yeah. So shout out to all the writers because we wouldn't have nothing without them. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy brought home over 100 milli for opening Dang. weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, they did good, man. They did good. Uh, we're going to see that here soon. The Gladiator has a sequel coming up, and they casted Pedro Pascal. Wow. Yeah, Pedro is, is on a run. Right? No, he is. <laughs> on a run. I feel like this is like what happens, right? Yeah, I feel like he he is in his bag right he now. He in his bag. Who would, I think I compared him to someone the Jonathan other day. Jonathan Majors. Until the whole thing happened. No, no. I compared him to someone else, and I was like, he is in his someone era right now. I can't I can't remember who. Listen, whatever era it is, Jonathan was in the same until this just happened. Yeah. Jonathan Majors was literally on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting every deal was a heartthrob. Like, get, yeah. this, I feel like this is what happens with every single, like, successful actor there's like a period of time where they they cannot be stopped right and then they get they ascend they either descend very fast or they ascend into this like unbreakable unbeatable you know goaded status and i think pedro will be there but he can't lose oh he can't i wish lose i right could now. remember who i compared him to and also, if you like dodgeball dodgeball is, is apparently working on a sequel as well I'm kind of tired of the sequels, but we'll see how they go. We'll see how they go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what are you watching? Yeah. Outside of that, that's that's what's happening in Hollywood. What's happening in our house is what we are watching from Hollywood. So what have you been watching? Yeah. So I am several years behind, but I finally started watching Black Mirror. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I never watched it when it was big, but there's a new season coming out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Very cool. Let me go ahead and start watching. So... Um, I really enjoy it actually. Yes. It's, it's kind of, I've only watched like three episodes, I think, but it is kind of crazy, especially when you, when you do start thinking about AI and everything mm -hmm. that it can that do. That was ahead of their time, huh? It's just, uh, it's just crazy to think about. It's just crazy to think about period. Mm -hmm. Um, I also watched murder mystery two with Adam Sandler and, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Did you so like that? I actually did. So I remember the first one coming out and watching it and liked it. And this one came out. I think it's a good movie to put on when you kind of want to watch mindless TV. Oh, yeah. Like it's not the chilling. best movie ever, but it's good. It's funny and it's rewatchable. 
I'll probably watch it here soon when I ain't got nothing going on. What else? Yeah, I really like it. Um, Stolen Youth, Inside the Sex Cult at Sarah Lawrence. So this is... A three-episode documentary? Yeah, a three-episode docuseries. We watched it together um, about this father of a student student who basically just kind of brainwashed another... All of the friends. Yeah, a little group of... Yeah. All of the friends. And I kind of feel like if I'm Sarah Lawrence, which is the 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 school, school, I'm kind of like, I I might be suing or something. I feel a way about this. Okay. Because the cult itself happened at like somewhat of an off-campus house. So it wasn't like it was in the dormitories or rest halls. Right. And then it was really like just a small group of people. We're really talking about five or six people, right? Like, a, like a, so your friends, mm-hmm. let's just say it was your friends and yeah. y'all lived in the Clinton house, right? Yeah. The Clinton house. They would have named it Stolen Youth Inside the Sex Cult at Tarleton State. Yeah. And does it really feel like it was happening at Tarleton when there was no professors that were involved? Where there was no like a dean of students who were involved. There was no like poaching from uh, Greek life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just didn't feel like there was a tie from the university. So like just call it something else. Yeah. Stolen youth inside of the sex cult. You know, like the Sarah Lawrence part felt a little, little daggerish yeah. when you figure out that it, there wasn't a lot that had to do, at least in what we have heard from this documentary. At the school. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing that ha- like there wasn't a lot that happened at the school besides like they interview some people and they're like, oh yeah, we always thought the people at the house were weird. Like, oh yeah, what does that do? That's, what does that do at the school? Yeah. So I thought this was interesting because I read a book in our book club called uh, The Last Housewife, and it feels like it was loosely based on this. So very interesting. And then also just a mindless show that I've been watching while cooking or doing other things is Codes and Conspiracies. Um, I've been watching it on Discovery Plus and basically it just breaks down all of these things that we've heard about. Like last night I watched an episode over um Freemasons and the history. Like shown, is it like a history channel show type of yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 I used to watch it all the time. Um so I've watched the one about Freemasons, like the history of them, how they started, what they are now, um, maybe some dark history behind it. Um, also an episode over biker gangs. Yeah. That was super interesting. There's one about aliens or something like um, that. Too, right? Yeah, UFOs. Yeah, UFOs. Uh what else? What other episodes did I watch? Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Um and then there was another one that was super interesting, but now I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like I watched all of them. Uh, but yeah, super interesting. I feel like I used to watch it too, but I don't know. I find like when I'm when I'm focused in doing something like folding laundry or meal prepping, or I like to watch this, like it's either two things. It's either Reba mm-hmm. that I don't have to think about. And I'm just listening to, cause I've watched it all or like these history educational, <laughs> uh, documentary style shows. I would say it's a third in there because you'd be watching sometimes some trashy reality TV. Oh yeah, sometimes I'll watch yeah. like Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, but yeah, I, I just find it so intriguing. Waking up in the I do love the History Channel. Yeah, History Channel used to be Nerd. fire back in the day. Nerd. Um, what have you been watching? We have been also watching Power Ghost and yes. um, there's only one, two more episodes left in this season. Really? Yeah. No, it's been by, I feel like it? it just started. We, just, we get a two week break too. I hate it. Wait, and, it's not coming so it's not out coming this week. On, no, it'll be it'll be coming on next week. Oh my gosh, I feel like, like it 19th. just came back. I know, but it's been speeding through. And this episode's been—I mean, this episode, this season's been pretty good. And this last episode is just like everything's about to spiral out now. Yeah. Um. So it's about to go stupid. And then I watched last night a movie called Contact. It came out in 1997. Um, and this was a, I knew it was going to be this. So obviously you were two years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you don't remember this time, but I do, but I feel like this was at a time where alien movies were at like an all time high. Okay. I mean, you had Mars attacks came came out in 1996, right? But that's like kind of a spoofy movie, which means typically, is that like a real movie? Well, here's the thing. Typically 
the spoof movies come out after a genre has been like established. Okay, yeah. Right? So that means before there was a lot of movies. And then you had Independence Day that came out 1996, I believe. MIB came out 1997, like Men in Black. Mm-hmm. And, and Contact came out 1997 as well. And then I want to say Close Encounters or something else came out around the same time. It was a lot going on around there around like... About aliens? Yes. And I was like, man, let me just watch this because I don't think I've seen Contact. And I, and the wild thing is there was a scene that came on and it was like Deja Vu. Like I just watched a TikTok about it or something maybe. Oh, But I just okay. seen this scene before. Interesting. Never watched the movie. Anyway, the movie, this is what pissed me off, y'all. Yeah, did you wake me up to tell me the this? The first, yes. Well, no, you woke up and you rolled over. Oh. The first two thirds in the movie, I was intrigued, yo. Edge of my seat, like, hey, this is kind of, it's just kind of good. Okay, it's kind of good. Man, the With last Matthew third. McConaughey. You said what? With Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, uh, and a bunch of other people. Um, Jodie Foster, that's her name? Mm, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey, Angela Bassett, couple some other people. Um. That last third of the movie was just atrocious. No. Uh, just, it was bad. Why? And it ended bad too. They just let it fall or what? They just let it fall. Mm. So the thing is, it should have... Oh man, I don't want to get too far in the weeds with this movie. But basically, she's a little girl at the beginning of the movie. And her dad you know, works on like radios and radio mm. frequencies and stuff. So she's just enamored by this. And they live in like Ohio. It's just a little girl. And she gets on the radio and she talks to somebody all the way in Pensacola. And so this is like a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like... Reaching different places with radio frequencies is just not like a, a huge thing at the time she was a kid. But at in 1997, this, it's more common and mm-hmm. she's a scientist now. Mm-hmm. She believes that there are aliens or other life forms outside of, you know, our galaxy and stuff like that. Nobody ever believes her. They find out that they get a transmission from a different place, from a star they call Vega. Mm. First, they gaslight her saying it's not true, and then they find out that it is true. And then, basically, it's about the journey trying to go to the Star of Vega and them making contact. There's also a trope of, like, basically, the movie was like a trope for do you believe in God or not? Mm. Or can can God and science coexist? Mm. Do they have to okay. be separate? So it was like a... And I'm sure back in 1997, that was like a banger. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, That probably slapped back then. But nowadays, it didn't slap as hard. And then it just got to a point where you hit the climax. And instead of you having um, like a gradual decline or maybe even just chilling up top, mm-hmm. man, you fell off like the Titan roller coaster. You just hopped off the, just off the, ride, off the ledge. And it was over. And I'm like, yo, what the? Anyway, so I watched that. If y'all want to watch it, you can too. Um, Tell now, the people what you've been watching for real. <laughs> Tell the people what you've been watching for real. Like y'all listen. About a week and a half ago, I started Yellowstone. About a week and a half. This man is almost caught. I up. am caught up. As of right now, I am caught up. Shut up. I'm dead serious. First off, that last episode was whack. When did you even start season five? Don't worry about all that. Just know that I'm caught up, and that last episode was whack. I don't even remember what happened in the last episode. Uh, uh, Beth figures out about uh, the train station. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Because she goes with Jamie. Jamie said he gonna, uh, uh, he's going to levy, you know, he's going to try to uh, impeach his dad. Uh-huh. And the president is going to Helena. And, you know, there's, there's uh-huh. a lot of political uh-huh. stuff going on. But then Beth just figured out that basically they'd just be killing people to protect the ranch. Mm-hmm. And Beth's trying to turn the ranch into uh, uh, selling beef and not just selling cattle or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was the last episode. Garbage. It wasn't garbage, but it was like the it was it was by far the weakest episode out of all of the Yellowstone episodes. Yeah. Um but yeah, week and a half, and I am caught up. I'm ready for this wild. November. I'm be watching when it come out. But did you see the headline that said that um Does it? Kevin Costner isn't coming back for the second half of season five? Which is wild, because I'm like, what are they supposed to do? He the governor. Right. So how do you... Honestly, I would just like lead the show. If he can't come back, I don't see how you write in something that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe they've already like filmed some stuff. There's been a lot of back and forth about it, about uh, Kevin Costner and Tyler Sheridan. Because they be like beefing, the, right? Yeah, who's the producer and writer. So I don't know... 
there's been a lot of back and forth saying he is, he isn't. They already filmed stuff. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Kevin Costner. Do you think, but, but do you think, so obviously we know they have the spinoff shows, which you and I need to watch together. Do you know, or do you think Yellowstone itself can go on without Kevin Costner? Okay. I have an unpopular opinion. Okay. You don't like him. <laughs> no, no, no. I love Kevin okay, Costner. Okay, okay. There's not. I'm a lot talking of, about John Dutton. Oh, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Everybody told me before going into Yellowstone, this is the this is a goaded show, one of the best shows you'll. Ever, I mean, the best show out right now, one of the best shows you'll ever watch. It's very good. It's a very, it's very good show. Good. Very good show. However, for me, it ain't goaded. Like I don't think that. Like really, I know I don't. I don't think I just think it's really good. I, I feel like, like I it's really up there with it. power, or ghosts. not even close to me. Right. Not even close to me, and that might just be my own personal background. And also, so I had this conversation with my brother. He was talking about kingpins, right? Mm-hmm. And he literally maybe this is Matt's fault. Matt, this might be your fault. He was like, John Dutton is one of the best kingpins. I don't think John Dutton's even. I guess he's tier one, but he's lower tier one on kingpins, bro. Really? Yes. Because he don't do a lot of work himself. Yeah, I was going to say he has a lot of other people doing he, stuff. Yeah, he don't do a lot of work himself. All of the problems that he's gotten out of, um, the only way that he's gotten out of them has been to kill. Does that make sense? Everything he's ever done has been like, we're going we gonna to take care of them, we're going to take them to the train station. He ain't finessed his way out of any situation. And I feel like other Kingpin shows, they have to finesse them themselves out of the situation. It can't always be we we pop this dude and we drop him off the uh the side of the highway. But that's how I feel like every season, how everybody ends up. They just, okay, at some point, this uh villain, this new villain is going to die and they're gonna dump him over the edge. And now Beth, and that's how it ends this season. Beth essentially goes to John and says, I think that we need to send Jamie to the train station too. Right? Mm-hmm. So the new villain, who has always really been a villain to them, but it's about to be Beth versus Jamie mm-hmm. for the ranch, I guess. Which they both going to lose and it's going to go to Casey anyway. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I see it working out in the writer's room is that Beth and Jamie go to war and John ends up in the crosshairs on accident or whatever. The only person that really pays for it is John. Jamie ends up going away or something. Something happens to Beth as well because Beth was not going to be able to live with herself that she got her dad killed or something. And the only person that can hold the ranch is Casey. But, but, Beth has Rip. And Rip's always been around the ranch. Rip going soft though. Rip got married to Beth, and we saw just every softness go out about Rip. And everybody's afraid of Rip. But I think the people who are afraid of Rip are not only afraid of Rip because of what Rip has shown, but also because Rip has the backing of John. I think without John, people test Rip more. Hmm. Okay. So that's just how I feel about... I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Right. As I've seen her, we could have got caught up. So... So without Kevin Costner, without John Dutton, I feel like the series could go on for a little bit. Kind of like a secession. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But obviously, with the name, it's about somebody succeeding and taking taking over afterwards. So I could see that happening with this. Well, here's why I think it should end. And here's why I think they should not continue to go. Okay. Every season, what's the argument about? Who has the land? That's it. There's only one problem. There's only one problem. Every other show that goes on for a long time, there's multiple problems. That's a good point. This is only one problem. It's a land problem. So when John Dutton leaves, and here's the other bad part, right? The bad part is everybody has pretty much said they don't want the ranch. Yeah. Casey don't want the ranch. He wasn't there at the beginning. He never even wanted to set foot back on it, but he had to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beth said when... John died, she'll say the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Jamie don't want the ranch. 
Nobody wants the ranch. Jamie want to sell it, give it to the airport and everything else. That's the only way to really protect the ranch, essentially. At least a little bit of it. He can get more money. Jamie wants the money and the status. Nobody even wants the land. The only person who wants the land is John Dutton. So if John Dutton is the only person who's protecting the only problem, leaves, yeah. the problem is no longer protected, the show is over. Yeah, that's a good point. So they should... That's why I say, not that like he's the staple of the show I, I don't even feel like that's a, that's a good point i don't even feel like if we had to go favorite characters most important characters i don't think john dutton is the most important i think beth plays a bigger role i think rip plays a bigger role i think casey plays a bigger role in the moving forward of the story why because casey's wife mm-hmm. and his connection to the um native americans mm-hmm. right because they're another aspect of the show right and it's their land trying to get uh, taken as well mm-hmm. so John is just like this huge figure he just represents the the Duttons and he represents the old white folks who uh, and this isn't like a slander or anything like that but he just is representation for those type of people in our world you know what I'm saying but him as a person it just it just almost seems like he's not as important to, as, to the show as everybody else he'd just be chilling on the ranch he make up his own mind. He say this. He do that. But he don't really be doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more interested in Jimmy. I'm more interested in Jimmy. what's going on in the bunkhouse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I care about those things way more than I care about what's going on with John Dutton. Yeah. So I think the show could go on. I just think the story-wise is going to be corny if they lose the land because they're going to have to lose the land. Yeah. And even if they don't lose the land, what's going to happen next season? It's going to be another person trying to take the land. Yeah. They're going to kill that person, and then what's going to be season after that? It's going to be another person trying to take the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, we need to watch the spinoffs because I've heard that it really gives the background of why they're fighting so hard to keep the land. Right. And part of me was like, I don't really care to know that, but now I'm like, maybe I should because maybe I will feel more, uh, maybe I will feel a, a different way about John. Maybe yeah. I will respect John more. Yeah, maybe. Um, they're also doing another spinoff. There's about like, the four sixes? Well, I heard that, but the Bass Reeves story, it's what they shot in Stephenville. Mm. It's part of the Yellowstone universe. So Tyler Sheridan, essentially like 50 Cent has um, uh, yeah, universe. the power universe, yeah. the uh, Yellowstone universe. So the Bass Reeves story, I don't know. Maybe that's something that's off of 1883 but that's, so or So I rock with that, though. I rock with that. I rock with... That's how you keep a show going. Because Montana ain't the only type of country. You know what I'm saying? And land issues aren't the only type of issues I'm sure that ranchers handle. Yeah. So in order to introduce a new problem, you can introduce a new show in a different area. And because it's a different area, it might introduce a different problem. That makes a little bit more sense for that area. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. So... So the universe goes to continue to push Yellowstone. That's what I would be thinking. You know, maybe mm-hmm. Jimmy comes back as a bigger role or something like that. I don't know. But I've been watching Yellowstone. Uh, and then my, you know, comfort show right now is Forged and Fire. <laughs> comfort show of the week. Right. Uh, Which is a good show. They make knives and Yeah, they make swords. everything. It's cool. I'm like, man. I it's also to be, uh, to a be history them. channel show, right? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> and when we were in Mexico, they have their own, well, like everywhere has their own, like this is the show, it's Forged in Fire, but yeah. in Mexico, in yeah. Spanish. Um, it was pretty cool. I was watching it and like, obviously. You couldn't understand I, them? I couldn't. No, the, the, the cool thing was that I, can, I could, because I watched so much of Forged in Fire in America uh-huh. that I know what they were trying, like what they were saying what were and making, what they were doing yeah. and stuff like that. So interesting. Um, it was pretty cool. But they had like different setups and different forges and um, it was pretty dope. Anyway, I had a little game for that you. That was a long recap on that what we've been long watching. Recap, but we've been watching a lot. Okay. We have, we've missed a couple episodes. So, um, and uh, you know, if you get me talking on Yellowstone, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Because I rock with the show heavy. Rock with the show heavy. All right. You want to play a game? Uh, let's play. All right. This is your trivia questions for the week. Usually I give you something that is um, just centered around the actual filming of something. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start giving you just general movie trivia, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. You like the Dark Knight series, right? Mm-hmm. So you should know this one. But we'll see. We'll see. 
Who took over the role of Bruce Wayne's love interest, Rachel Dawes, in The Dark Knight following Katie Holmes' exit after Batman Begins? Who was sitting in that room with them, uh, with them oil drums filled with gas? Damn it. Telling Harvey Dent, don't worry. I know. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Who did Batman say to Joe? Let her go. I know. <laughs> that was a bad, bad boy voice. Gosh, 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 gosh. I feel like an idiot right now. You know when you're like put on the spot and you're like, this is a, what is it? I'll take a whack at it. Take a step. Uh, Five. Four. Three. Two. I don't know. One. The answer is Maggie Gyllenhaal. Huh. <laughs> and you were like, huh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, actually, no. <laughs> Okay, you should definitely know this one because this comes from your favorite. Uh, I know. Who I wrote know. the f- the famous scary theme music for Halloween? I don't know. Hans. Hans Zimmer. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Actually. I think that I still have the music loaded up <laughs> on here. I think it's this blue button, but I'm not sure. Press Hold it. On. It this, is. It is. Let's go. <laughs> okay. You don't know who wrote it? No. John Carpenter. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. He wrote the music? Yes. I'll be, I'll be surprised you didn't know that one. You went two for two. Damn, damn, damn. I mean, over two? Man, so now you know. <laughs> and now our listeners know as well. Huh. I should give you more, but... Maybe I knew that. I mm, don't know. Mm, 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 mm. Maybe you'll do better next week. Okay, so it's time to get in what we're going to talk about uh, for the rest of this episode. We're going to talk about the, the Netflix show um, Beef on Netflix. So if you have seen it or, or you haven't seen it and you don't want any spoilers because we're definitely about to talk about it, Jump off the live right now. <laughs> Jump off the live right now. Now, just hit pause and then come back uh, later. Or if you've seen it or you haven't seen it and you want to listen through, go, that's what we're going to do. We've got to give it a review. I talk about it a little bit and then we're going to get out your ear and um, move on with our life. And you can move on with yours. So, beef. Beef, beef, beef. It's on Netflix. This is what it's about. This is what it says if you were to look it up. It says, two people let a road rage incident burrow into their minds and slowly consume their every thought in action it is an a24 production so if you are familiar with a24 and you like them i really enjoyed this show listen let's talk about it right now was it not fire i really liked it i also liked that it was like 30 to 40 minute episodes yes yes like i like it felt uh digestible Yes, but it also didn't feel like it was just 30 minutes, you no. know, like there was a lot of, there was a lot in each mm-hmm. episode. And every episode kind of ended with a climax, right? So you were like really waiting to get to the next episode yeah. because at the end of the episode, it was like a moment where you would almost think it's like the middle of an episode mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my God, I can believe that happened. And then it was like, doom, it was over. So it was like, oh, got to go to the next episode. Yes. So shout out to A24 and uh, the director's... Um, who directed that and had the genius idea of doing that. The show itself is starring uh, Ali Wong. Love her. Who I just found um, out that like. Yeah, Corey didn't really know. Had no idea. Who Ali Wong was. I was like, what? Had no idea. But Ali, shout out to you, my girl. I am a huge fan. Um, she did a really good job. Um, Steven Yoon. David Cho and Joseph Lee are the kind of four top leading actors and actresses. There's some more in there, but the story is really about Allie, who plays Amy, and Steven, who plays Danny. Um, I, Dan, David Cho plays uh, Danny's cousin, Isaac, and then Joseph plays Allie's, uh, or yeah, Amy's husband, George. Uh, and it's crazy. So the show starts off, first and foremost, you said it was fire, I said it was fire, on a scale of zero to a, a hundred... Um, I'm going to say it was definitely in the 90s. I don't know where the 90s, it lands, but it's in the 90s for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 
thinking like 92. 92? Yeah. Out the Panda Express, if y'all see that, hear this opening up. You trying to eat on air? Or you want you want chill? No. <laughs> she said no. I'll put it. I'm put it to the side. All right, 92 is where I'll probably land with it. Beyond that, beyond it being 92, what was like favorite parts? Or do we let's 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 break it down. This how the episodes open up. This how the show opens up. <laughs> Danny is like, if I can remember, he's in a store and he's trying to like return um, some like grills, grills, right? And this is kind of weird because I'm like, why are you trying to return these grills? Because we never figure out until a couple episodes later. Yeah. He's trying to return these grills, but he's obviously agitated because they're asking for a receipt and all this other stuff. And they're prolonging the process of like returning it. And so he gets really agitated. He's like, you know what? Just forget it. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like is a lot of people's experience, right? Yeah. You just kind of put it in, uh, in the moment. It's kind of how, like, you bought the Switch, right? You want to tell that story? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I went to buy a Nintendo Switch, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to use my Best Buy credit card because I want to keep that line of credit open, but I don't buy a lot of techie stuff. So right. I was like, let me go ahead and put it on that, and then I will pay it off you know, at the Next end of the month because I have the cash for it. I just didn't want to do it at the point at the time. So get there, get all the stuff. I got games. I got the switch. I got the case. And I get to the front and my, my credit card was expired. So like my account was active obviously, but the credit card was expired and they wouldn't just like charge it charge to my to account, account on file. They yeah. needed like the actual physical card to scan weird but whatever so instead of just waiting or it was like you should have just waited and used my card which come to find out his card was expired too uh, so that wouldn't work um but instead of just waiting getting a new card and doing it i was like well forget it so i just paid cash for it and, and she is like texting me like i'm freaking out i don't know what to do my card is expired what do i do i'm sitting at the front of the line what do i do i'm freaking out and I feel like this is what Danny was doing in the store. Uh, and so he finally just takes all of his stuff and he leaves. By the way, we did get the Switch. It was great. We play it all the time. Well, she took it home last weekend and didn't play it. So she stopped me from playing it. But that's another topic for another day. Anywho, so he leaves outside the store and he gets in his truck and he's about to back up. And lo and behold, somebody... And this happens all the time, right? You're backing out of a spot and a car flies past you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, both of y'all kind of honk your horns like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, I'm right here. Don't run into me. Yeah. And Allie Wong or Amy, I forgot what she's so upset about. Something else just happened maybe to her. And instead of them just going on about their day, as, you know, honking the horn was enough, Amy flips that middle finger up right out that nice window of her nice car, little middle finger, and takes off. And Danny says, oh, hell no. I'm going after that ass. Uh And then goes on a chase. I have lived this moment in my life with my dad. Somebody threw, yes. I I never told you this. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, bro. Ray Keats. Bro, Ray. No, no, no. no. That was later. That was a whole different time. This was, I was in fourth grade. I was coming home from a football practice. And we were turning down. We're like two streets away from my house, right? I'm turning down this back road. And I guess somebody was like throwing something out the car. But it was like a battery or something. No, it wasn't a battery. Throwing something. But my dad had turned at the same time. So I don't know if it was intentional or not. But my dad sure thought it was. And it hit our car. My dad, I've never seen a um, Ford Explorer whip like this. <laughs> okay. This was a Ford Explorer, like a, like a early 2000s, yeah. license plate C77YBL. Oh, my gosh. This man whipped that mug around on a two-lane street and started chasing these people down. Now, mind you, I'm in fourth grade. So I'm like, Dad, what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> I'm scared. Dad, please. And my dad's like, fuck all that. You know, New York is coming out. I'm tired of people playing with me. Like, you know, he going crazy. He had a rough day at work. Rough, he had to have or something. A rough week. And I mean, chases them. We're blowing red lights. 
they get on the highway. My dad is flying on the highway. Sorry, mm-hmm. pops, for telling the story. He's yeah, flying, he would be so embarrassed. Weaving you're through this. traffic, going through the center console, like I'm gonna get these motherfuckers. I'm gonna get these motherfuckers. They think they can play with me. They're not gonna play with me. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna Just play New with York. Me. <laughs> yeah. He pops the center console open. He finds some batteries in there, like some D batteries, like them fat batteries, not like these double A's, like them fat D batteries, you know, or the ones that, you know, you can like, uh, remember back in the day, you put the tongue on them, see if they still work, uh-huh. them type of batteries. And he gets up beside them and he's just chunking them at this car. And I still remember the face on these two dudes. These are like probably college, uh, high school students. They're terrified. I don't think they knew you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that it was like an accident and then they were just getting chased. Yeah. And I think then my dad saw that and he was like, I Let me chill, chill out. Yeah. yeah. And then we went home. They're kids. But then later it was, <laughs> you know, this is a couple, this is, this is years later. So now I'm like in high school. I'm, I might be a senior. Actually, I think I might be in college. We're going to Fry's Electronics and my dad is much more calmer now. Shout out to my pops, you know, working through his anger and everything else. And, um, my dad was waiting for a spot. Like, you know, you sitting behind a car, you got the blinkers on, you're clearly waiting for the spot. Uh-huh. And the car pulls out, my dad's about to whip in, and literally another car just whips in the spot. So my dad politely is like, hey, like, I, you know, we were waiting for the spot. I know you, you know, saw us here. You know, and the guy just basically tells my dad, F off, and walks in the store. So my dad's like, okay. Dad parked the car, he walked by the man's car and keyed that car from the back to the front, boy. <laughs> From the back to the front, dog. And then when we went inside the store, like nothing happened. I bought me a little hard drive. He got what he needed. We went back out and left. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's so funny hearing stories about your dad from the past because I have never met that man. The man I have like met the sweetest guy ever. does not have an angry bone in his body. <laughs> like he is not petty like that. He would never do that. He would just be like, come on, man. Why you got to do something right. like that? He's like the greatest grandpa Yes. Yeah, the kids like, love him. The sweetest man I've ever met. No, my dad is a gangster. New York nigga, like 100%. And people be like, no. And I'm like, bro, he's literally from the Bronx, raising the Queens. Like, he's a hard dude. That is really funny. Um, yes. And like, we saw that growing up because he's pops. But I think in his older age, mm-hmm. as his kids became adults, as he has went through his own life troubles and stuff, he's kind of recognized. And the closer he's gotten to God, that he doesn't have to be that hard. He can be much more vulnerable, open, and and receive more love for for being that. Right. So that's why you've gotten this version of him, which has been I don't I love every version of him because it's made him who he is. Right. And it's been great to see his transition from that to who he is now. Right. Um, a very beautiful thing. But but anyways, that's what happened in the show. Right. Yes. They go on this this chase, and it leads through a neighborhood, and they're like. Running, running into each other, running beds. over flowers and stuff like that. And that's the basis of the show because Amy ends up getting off, right? So she she figures out a way. She gets out. She goes home. Like, nothing happens. And Danny uh, remembers her license plate. Also, um, we should say Danny's in, like, a beat-up truck. Yes. And Amy's in this nice, Mercedes. like, Range Rover Mercedes or whatever. Yeah. So everything about them is like this is they they represent two ends of the spectrum. This right. is why I love the this haves show and the have not. This is why I love the show though, because it was somebody who had everything. Yep. Who was miserable. Yep. And somebody who had nothing who was miserable. Yep. And so you see the juxtaposition of two people who maybe and we say have nothing when we're talking about the um about Danny. Yeah, but and when I say nothing, I don't mean we're talking about like worldly possessions right. because Danny really had everything. Right. Right, he had family. He had love, and so does she. She has everything material wise, but she had nothing in her life that she felt she was really close to. Right. Um. And so the episode now is, or the show now is a back and forth between them. They keep trading different things. Danny goes to her house and uh, poses as it because they don't know who's who. Right. So they didn't see each other's face. Right. So Danny so goes to her house the whole time. Danny thinks it's a man. Yeah. Yeah. He thought it was. He thought it was a guy. The first uh, couple of episodes. And he goes to her house, acts like he's a constructor, like a somebody, who, a contractor who was just in the neighborhood. Goes in there, tells her all this stuff is wrong with her house. Says, hey, can I use your bathroom? I think this is hilarious. <laughs> Pisses all over the floor and leaves. Gross. That's funny. Now, that is petty. That's so petty. That's petty. And that's hilarious. So just piss all over the floor. 
She gets back at him. They just continue for the rest of the season one-upping each other, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. She gets back at him the first time, I think, by um, by essentially figuring out who he is. Spray-painting his and truck. And spray-painting his truck. And then he gets back at her. I forgot what he does the second time. And then she starts catfishing his brother to get more information on Danny. But she ends up cheating on her husband. With the brother, yeah. With the brother. And she, you know, seemingly feels guilty about it. But she really doesn't because she keeps that relationship going. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Danny doesn't know that his brother is essentially having sex with his mistress. Or not mistress, his enemy. Right. Uh, So there's just just the entanglement of... There's just layers layers upon layers. Layers of layers of layers. You know when they say back in the day when you were young, you say stuff like... um, when you tell one lie, you got to tell another one to get out. And yep. before you know it, you just dug a hole that's too deep to get out of. Yep. This is what the show was. They just continued to dig layers and layers and layers. And they could have just came to each other and was like, yo, all right, bro. I know who you are. You know who I am. It is what it is. But even every time they tried to do that, it never worked. Like right. it worked at the beginning and then something happened and they were back to like F you again. Yep. Right. All the while, there were people who had... Uh, like a ring doorbell footage of them running over the stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out who it was. And I think her friend, I say friend very loosely, was essentially putting the pieces together that Amy was the person who was driving the car right. that ran over some that everybody's talking about on Reddit. Right. Which would have ruined her reputation, which would have ruined the sale of her business. And then she would have to continue to work and her life would be miserable. Right. Danny's just some low life type of stuff. Y'all have to watch this show. But the questions and stuff that I like, what was your favorite moments? I, peeing on the ground is a hilarious moment. <laughs> that was me. hilarious. That was really funny. Um, favorite moments. Them running through the hotel in Vegas. Yeah, that was a good one. Funny. Um, the other the other dudes were pretty funny. The guys that he like was gonna hire yes to do you know who ended ended up up getting shot yes it is wild um but when they first you know got introduced to show they're pretty funny um what about the church when he's crying in church i love that moment that moment i want to cry yes was so emotional Mm -hmm. it it really did like just bring this overwhelming feeling over me yeah and it was like, I was like, man, he finally like made it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's a, finally facing himself. Yes. And it was like cathartic and he's going to be, he's about to be on the right path. And everybody has their motivations, right? Mm-hmm. Danny's motivation made sense. It was, he cared so much about what his parents thought and he felt guilty that his parents had to go back to China. Was it China? Korea. Korea. Had to go back to Korea because of what he did and how he messed up. Right. And so he's trying to get his life straight, take care of his brother so that he can build a house for his parents. And it's just so much stress that he's always angry. He's mm-hmm. always mad. And so this moment of him going back to church, which was like back to his roots, because mm-hmm. obviously we learned that he grew up in church. Right. And being there and feeling overwhelmed with his emotions and crying and letting it out, I was like, yes, this that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This that moment. And I also felt like as a Christian, it was finally great to see Christianity in a light that wasn't cultish. Right. In Hollywood. Yeah. Because every other thing that I've ever seen in Hollywood, unless it's specifically a Christian movie, it's like they use Christianity as a like, like it feels really cultish. Yeah. And that's not to say that obviously cults haven't used a Christian uh, cults haven't used like Christian values. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Now I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there are how many churches, Christian churches on how many blocks that ain't cults. Mm-hmm. How many Christian people are doing very wonderful things in this world mm-hmm. who are making this world go forward as in other religions. So I was glad to see that um, one that I subscribe to is being shown in a different light. Right. For sure. And um, I feel like we've all had that moment, Right. Yes. That like prodigal son moment. Yes. You return back to like, oh, I'm here now. Yeah. I give it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is the very, and if you talk about Christianity, if you are a Christian, this is, this is that moment for you, right? When you recognize that like, you can't do it without God and you give it up. Mm-hmm. 
And it's very, uh, it's tough to do because you think you can. Let that hurt go. Let, let, that it, let it all go. go. Let it all go. And I was like this, this is it. This is it. This is when the therapy starts. This is when the healing begins. Mm-hmm. And much like every other human, right back into cycling, right? right. It's one thing that throws you off and you feel like you got to keep doing it and mm-hmm. then you're right back into it again. So that, it's just this show has so many different tropes and they were so accurately displayed that it felt so real. Right. Like, you you know somebody who's a Danny, you know somebody who's an Amy. Yep. Which... Also, let me tell you, I... <laughs> this is so petty, but let me tell you something. I don't like people that drive BMWs. They all act the same. I feel like... I'm stereotyping like, it. I'm, uh, it's true. If Like, if he looked at that car and was like, oh, she's driving... Or this person's driving a Mercedes, so they think they're better than me. Literally, that's how I feel about BMW BMW. drivers. And I don't know. I think it's just because they all drive so moronic. And obviously, this is putting 100 on 10. Like, I'm I'm not everyone that drives a BMW is the same. But I feel like everybody that cuts us off. But in my head, it's a BMW. Yes. That's just that's just what I had to say. Because listen, if or them Nissan Altimas. When I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you though, they the black forces of the car that a BMW will cut me off in traffic. I get so mad, just like he does. I want to chase him. <laughs> I want to. I like. I'm scared of that now. Even not even just BMW, any car. It's just like y'all really, y'all really can't drive out here. But that's the thing. This show, we saw the chase. Okay, that stuff happens. Yes. And it doesn't end like that. No. It will end with somebody dying, dying because the amount of times we're in Dallas, the amount of times we hear that somebody died in a road rage accident. It's like every day. It is insane. Mm-hmm. Like what the heck? It's, it's every day. Listen. And that just tells you the hurt and the anger that people have inside of themselves. Yes. To, that, that somebody cutting you off in traffic or that something that happens during your drive makes you so mad that you're willing to end somebody's life that you don't even know that you didn't even come face to face with it's just something that they did that set you off it's entitlement and i literally had asked like i put the question on the sheet of are there people out there that are really like this and the answer is a hundred percent yes right yeah and i'm not talking about oh you got in a little road rage you saw that one time with me right yeah. Sorry. And I was like, hey. Yeah, you was like, cool it, because they'll pull a gun on me. But I'm also like, I'll pop that shit, too. Like, don't. What's wrong with you? You're doing the most. Like, you see, I get, when it comes to protecting you, I feel a different way. But I got to hold that in sometimes, because I don't want to put you at risk at the same time while I think I'm protecting you. Right. Right? That's that fragile, um, fragile masculinity. Fragile ego. Uh, anywho, what I'm saying is, I'm more so on... There are people out there that make everything negative. Right. Every single thing negative. And everything a person uh, does negative. Right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that everything you're like, this is me. And I'm not one to preach about like everything is happy and, and glitter and gold. Yeah, definitely. You know me. I always tell people what? Feel their emotions, live through your emotions, and keep it moving. But right. it's about keeping it moving and it's about what you can control. Right. And I, for me... There is nothing more annoying in the world than somebody who is always complaining about something. Mm-hmm. You want to turn me off? That is the first way to do it. And I'm not saying you can't complain. I'm saying that if every time I bring up a person you complain about them, it's a turn off to me. Yeah. As your spouse or friend or whatever. If every time I bring up anything, it's, you complain about it or you got something negative to say. What all it tells me is that you're not in a position in your life or a spot in your life right now that you can even see past what's like literally right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Everything to you is is these like rose colored glasses is like a good thing, right? Right. Like everything's fresh. You got them black colored. I don't want to say black. <laughs> you got uh, whatever the opposite of rose colored is. You got them on. <laughs> Everything you see is just straight negative. Yeah. You can't pull positivity out of nothing, or even indifference. Indifference, yeah. But it got to be negative? Nah. I, I see way too many people like this who will let a road, radi- a road rage event turn into, I got to go look them up online. I got to go find what they do. I got to go talk crap about them on Facebook. I got to share my experience about it on Facebook. 
I got to make a whole TikTok about it and then go seven uh, posts about it. You know what I'm saying? And call their employers. And call their employers. Everybody out here who's out here calling employers and everything else, y'all ain't no different than Danny and uh and Amy. Y'all not no different. Y'all just want to see the world burn for for what reason? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying some some people should be held accountable for sure. But you think that him backing out of a lot, her probably doing not paying attention and just going forward, right? Them both honking at each other, but they didn't get in an accident. Her flipping you off was enough to end how the show ended up ending. Mm-hmm. And what happened? The greatest part about this show is that they actually end up that they're perfect for each other. Yeah. That they're actually more alike than they Then think. they're not alike. And they're fighting it the whole time. What, what drew them apart or forced them apart is what drew them together. Mm-hmm. And you were so stuck in the whole whatever that you couldn't see that Danny's actually the right person for you. The things, Amy, that you wanted... You was going to find in Danny. And Danny, the things you wanted, you was going to find in Amy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wild. What a show. They had real beef. Ended up not just being uh, ground beef. You know what it was? It was... Uh, is Kobe beef a good beef? Wagyu? <laughs> what's, the, what's the top of the line? It was top of the line beef. It wasn't ground beef. It was top of the line. That Japanese wagyu, whatever it may be, it was good beef, and there was just every episode. I'm like, man, I can't believe it got this far. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it got this far, but I can. No, I at at one point I was like, this is still over the road rage incident. <laughs> yes, but it just everything spawns into right. one more and one more, right? Right, and and it's what it becomes is this. As somebody who studies behavior, or you know, has studied behaviors, who works with people every single day. You ever get to like that point where you really just can't stand somebody and mm-hmm. th- anything they do, you, you just, ugh. Mm-hmm. You see a, 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 a story they posted that ain't have nothing to do with you and you like, ugh, I can't do that. It's, it's no different than what this show is portraying. Why are you so invested in negativity towards around, around this person? What it really says is that you need to deal with whatever you got going on around this person, you need to deal with it internally. You're giving this person way too much control over, over your life. And anything that they do, you're going to see it as an addition to what they've already done. Right. When it may not even be that they did it to you. Right. 100%. Like, just let it go. Clean up that man piss and <laughs> let it go. Gross. Now, you know, you defile my house. I might, I might disown slicker. But let it go. Yeah. It's the art of letting stuff go. You don't end up where they end up, you know what I'm saying, that which they could have died and other people did die. And their friends died. Yeah. Over a rage that started out because somebody flicked you off. Right. That's wild, yo. That's wild. You should employ yourself to look within <laughs> to figure out, have you been spending your time on negative stuff? If you have... Show a little gratitude. I think it'll change your outlook on how you view things. Just show a little gratitude about everything in your life. If you have, uh, if being a mom is tough for you, show some gratitude that you have the chance to be a mother. If being, um, if having a job is tough, show a little gratitude about having the opportunity to have a job and still provide for yourself and your family. Yeah. Start looking at ways, if you catch a red light, Show some gratitude that you're still alive, you're still in the car, you didn't get an accident, you have more time to think about things going forward or, you know, project a different route, whatever it may be. Slow your life down a little bit. Offer yourself the grace that you deserve and offer yourself the gratitude that you deserve and give it back to the world and you will see how positive your world will be and you ain't going to end up in a situation like Danny and Amy. Yeah. Nami? I feel you. Got to show a little gratitude, man. Change your life. If Danny, and Danny was on the right track when he got to the church and became like the praise uh, leader and everything else. I was like, here he goes. Here he goes. But Danny was a finesser. But those things, they they come back. That unresolved trauma is yes. always going to come always, back. That's why you got to resolve what you got to resolve. I'm not one to say you need closure, but you definitely need some resolution and some acknowledgement. Within yourself. Yeah, within yourself. And some acknowledgement that you have an issue. That's it. That's all I want y'all to take away from this, at least for me. 
is what I took away is what I want you to take away and then we'll talk about you. Yeah. What I took away is this. If you look into your life and you find that there's an area, a person or a thing that every time you think about them, every time you talk about it, every time you look at it, it is nothing but negativity. You need to resolve that. Stop letting it take over the space in your brain. It is changing the chemistry of who you are. That's what I took away from it. What about you? And it's affecting the people around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's the biggest thing. What's st- for Amy, Amy lost her family, her kid, over flipping somebody off. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Danny lost his friends, his cousin to prison one time, and thought he lost his brother. But the one thing he built was a house for his mom, and he ended up building it wrong. So he lost the house. You end up losing the things and people around you that you work so hard for simply because you're so negative. What about you? Yeah, I think that mine is pretty similar. Um, But I guess the one key thing that I took away is don't let don't let a split decision or don't let something that is so minor fester into something that is going to overtake you. Mm -hmm. So like, of course somebody flipping me off is going to piss me off or even somebody honking at me. I'm like, what the hell did I do? (laughs) You know? And it may make me mad or if somebody cuts me off or almost hits me in traffic, like I get so mad but then i have to be like okay are you going to let that ruin your day or are Mm -hmm. you going to let it be like damn i almost got hit but i didn't right but i didn't and i'm still good so let's shake that off and keep it moving i always like to make excuses for them like oh they may they must have somewhere to go maybe they have explosive diarrhea and they're really trying to make the bathroom i don't know man but i do get mad and it happens almost every single day on the way to work that's how i get past it for me is I get mad at first and then I immediately start making scenarios in my head where it will make sense for them to do that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I just got to check myself and be like, okay, are you really going to let that set the tone for the day? Because it happens almost every day on the way to work. Because where I exit, there's a stop sign and they have to stop for the people coming off of the highway. But they don't. And right. so when I'm coming off the highway, just keep I'm trying to go to the far right lane and they're coming across. So I get hit. Or I almost get hit every single day. They got to do something about that stupid. Uh, so, I so I have to like battle with myself. Like, am I gonna let that ruin me? Am I gonna let that ruin my day? Or am I going to shake it off and just let it be what it is and keep it pushing? I feel you. What they say: don't let temporary decisions be permanent consequences. Right, and I, and I feel that way about a lot of things. Like, okay. Um, Somebody can smart off to me in an email or say something petty. Okay, am I gonna let that ruin my day, or am I just going to? You gonna fire back and get fired? You know, right, right, right. Am I gonna do something petty back? Am I gonna say some slick stuff back, or am I going to just like ignore it and respond with who I am? Mm -hmm. Don't let other people's actions change change who you you are. are Yes, and your reaction to things. So that's kind of like what I took away from this. Like, don't let it change who you are. Then we're not saying don't get upset or whatever. If your initial reaction is your real reaction, oh, definitely whatever. Get upset because I'm gonna get get upset, upset. (laughs) and then don't let it don't let it get you out of pocket. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna handle it. I just gotta be dramatic first. Right. Right. Exactly. Me too. (laughs) I'm the same. I need to do something. I gotta call somebody. I gotta do the most, and then I gotta sit. In it, and then I got to reflect because I'm a reflector, and then, I, then I'm done. I'm good. Right. You feel me? Anyway, I highly suggest y'all take the time to watch Beef um, <laughs> and let us know how y'all feel about it. If you have already watched it, for sure. But we're going to get on out of here, get out your ear. Uh, thank y'all for staying around for the whole episode. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and the next time you are watching Netflix or if you're watching a documentary. And I ask if you're still watching, always press next. Do it every time. Bye. Bye.